Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge, I'm Rob Fennell. And tonight we have a General's Roundtable recorded at Masters in which we tackle a host of various topics uh, concerning Kings of War. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Mike Rossi. And I'm Shannon Shoemaker. And I'm Garrett Mercer. And I'm Rob Enough, and we are here at the U.S. Masters. Friday night, it's late, it's 10 o'clock. You know, I thought long and hard. I've got some interesting topics to talk about, and I'm like, well, who do I want to bring on the show that, A, will have the attention span to sit here and talk about it, two, have the intelligence to actually make meaningful entries to discussion. I sense a setup. No, no. And so, uh, you know, first person I thought was Mike. I said, Mike, Garrett, yeah, Shannon. Welcome to the show, guys. Glad, glad to be here. Thanks, Rob. Awesome. So let's just start with, you know, Masters. How's the event been so far? I know we're just getting into it, Mike, but this has been a fun... It's, it's one awesome. day. It's always awesome. I rolled in Thursday because that's what you do. Um, I have eaten amazing food, drank amazing drink, hung out with amazing people, and now it's Friday night. Tomorrow I actually have to play games, eh, right? But I'm going to play four of them. Like, it's a lot. But it's been fantastic. Masters is like the best, right? It's the best house party. Over to you, Shannon. Well, I haven't seen Shannon in like two years. Yeah, we got in. I got in late last night, um, so I just saw these guys heading off to bed from the northeast, Mike and his crew, and then uh, talked to Nathan Clevenger for a while. And then today I've been busy painting, so I haven't been out to see people too much, but uh, ready, be ready to go in the morning, I'm sure. Look of disapproval. Mm. Well, I mean, I did... I did make the stop at Walmart to buy my Apple Barrel Craft paints and like some half-inch cutting brushes so I could paint Mike Rossi style. That's what you do. You dump half the paint out, the other half is water, you shake, 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 <laughs> nice and off to the right. That's awesome. Garrett. I mean, my, my master's kind of started last night. I uh, went and picked up Ryan Munsell from the airport at uh, 1 in the morning. Which airport? From uh, Denver Inter- International. And where are we playing? But uh, We're in Dallas. At first I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But then I'm like, well, that's your bro. Comes well, in and you got. And I'm assuming well, I'm back. A, a really stupidly cheap ticket to come into Denver. So okay. Into Dallas. But like you're flying halfway. But, it's, but yeah, like, if you got a good enough price, and you needed a co-pilot because Tyler ditched you, right? Well, he flew, but he flew at six in the morning. So I took him with me to the airport when I went to go pick up. Oh, so you dropped one off and picked up another. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Convoluted. But. Uh, you know, it, so it started last night, and we uh, took off early this morning. So, so nice twelve-hour drive. For those that are, those obviously podcast doesn't really do visuals very well, but Shannon's building his army. I like Make sure it. I get the Mike Rossi seal of approval. I, I, am, I am. He's got those tongue depressors, good for. I like. Oh, you got a blaster model. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's yep. so cool. That's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, so, are you guys looking forward to a good weekend? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I've had more hugs in the last, like, three hours that I've been here than I've yeah. had in, like, a year and a half. So. so, all right. You guys ready for the topic? I think I am. All right. So, I'm going to give you my hypothesis. You guys can tell me I'm a crazy person, but we're going to explore it. I was walking my dog one day, as you do, right? And I said, you know, I wonder if Mantic's business model, when compared to GW's business model, 
and the subsequent rate of change that, that happens in those two marketing-driven business models, if that impacts on players. Basically, my theory is GW now is in a state of perpetual change. You got every every month there's something new, right? And it makes people they don't they don't mind as much. It just they're just that's just the norm. Like yeah, it's gonna change. It'll change again next month. Whereas Mantic, we're in a position where it changes once a year, and it's a big deal. People are like, oh my god, you changed my whole flipping army. Oh my, and so I'm wondering if you guys agree with me. Or am I just making up crazy wild thoughts? What you are saying is technically correct. Yes, the GW business model is constant change to force the meta to change, to force me to buy more stuff. The newest stuff is usually the best. Cool. And yes, Manta comes out with an annual, here's my Clash of Kings update, mm -hmm. couple minor tweaks to the stuff that goes on. Um, yes, some stuff may be changed, other stuff may not. I agree with that because it is factual. However, the way that you cast the question is leading me to try to say, oh, it sounds like you're trying to get me to say the Mantic model is revolutionary when they come out with their changes, and I would actually disagree with that. I think that the Clash of Kings the last two years has been very small and pretty manageable. Right. To be honest, right? I mean, it's rules, the it's, minor you bring rules. Up, you bring and, up an interesting distinction, which right? is you're bringing up the, 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 the amount of the change rather than the rate of the change. Yes. Right. And, and, that makes and, I, and, I, and, I, and I've been looking at it from the number of changes right. or the rate in which things change, not... The subsequent swing. Yeah, I, right? I mean, in the big scheme of things, I remember playing Wood Elves before their last book came out in 8th yeah. Ed Warhammer. And I that was like the Ravening Horde's 6th Ed list. And I played that for a long time. And just cried for a book. To ask any Bretonian player. Right? Like, this is... And it got to the point where it was so long that it was not competitive to play those armies. And then when new armies came out, if you didn't jump on it... Right? They were the hot, hot, hotness. And it actually forced other people to change their builds in their armies to counteract the stuff that was, the, you know, the, over, the OP crap that came out with the last army. Yeah. Was, right? Yeah. G at Mantic, I don't, I don't feel that's the same. What do you think, Garrett? I, I think there's a real concerted effort with Mantic to, rather than make the new hotness, to keep things balanced and make sure that everything is playable, right? It's a different ideology Agreed. where like one is caring about game balance the other is putting out new and enticing you well you know I, I would argue that that's their own form of balance it's not balance so the way they do balance is they just throw out something else that swings the, the pendulum in the other direction uh, but okay but and so it's never it's never imbalanced but, but when you do five space Marine chapters in a row yeah like, is it really balance, or are you forcing everyone to play space brands? Right, and then and yeah. then changing the, and then changing the model size so that nothing you own is valid. Let's start with that. Let's just let's explore the two different business models. Sure. So let's start with Mantic. You mentioned it. You know, we get a new a new edition every four to five years, right? Mm -hmm. We're on edition number three. We get Clash King update that happens at the end of the year, typically, right? Right. And that'll be some typically evolutionary, you know, like. Mm -hmm organic kind of changes, right? They're not usually huge new things. What else are you guys seeing about the way Mantic changes I, the game or evolves the game? Shannon, you want to chime in? Uh, I would agree in general with what you guys are saying. Uh, for the most part, it seems like Mantic is more trying to tweak for game balance most of the time. Ideally, you would be making smaller tweaks for over that course of that year, monitor and see how it plays out and see if you need to tweak more the next year. I think there have been a few times where they've nerfed something overly hard that caught their eye 
and so many things kind of ride on a fine balance, right? It's either just too good, but then everyone takes it because it's the best option, even though it's just maybe just over the edge of being too good. And if you nerf it very much, then all of a sudden it's not seen as not playable or you don't see it taken anymore. So it's tough, I think, to handle all of those moving parts when you're trying to keep you know, a fairly reasonable balance um, across the spectrum. There will always be things in the meta that people just consider the most efficient or the best. Other players are going to follow the lead of whatever they see posted. I, I think just based on some of the verbiage that you used, it is there's a distinction to be, to be made between things that are more efficient and things that are overpowered. Right? There were some things, like if I rolled up when I was playing Warhammer and you walk up to the to the table and the guy goes, I'm playing Dark Elf. Like, <laughs> I know exactly I read what's your in mind. your list I like, and I know I'm going to lose and it's a shame. I mean, I could play my ass off and get a tie, I guess, but I'm done. Unless I right. kill all your turn one because my assassin popped out of my shades and charged you. And right, right, right. Unless my OP is, right, or whatever, right? But I, to your point, it's yes, it's a little more efficient. It's not, oh my God, this thing is busted. Wingets notwithstanding, right? So, why I don't, I don't know why, why are you picking on wingets? Uh, well, because they're amazing. I mean, I, I don't know how many goblin armies are there and how many wingets. I'm just curious. I, I, Is there three armies and there's nine wingets? Think there's no, I think five, it's four, four five, armies. Five armies. And there's probably Some, 13 Kyle wingets only, because there, Kyle only took wingets. one. Because okay. he's Kyle and he doesn't care. Oh, yeah, Kyle doesn't care. So obviously, let's let's take a look at GW's business model, which is a little bit different, right? So they're about codexes coming out, and their new strategy I've noticed with 40k is codex within two weeks of FAQ for that codex. It's because they've released a book where well, the, it's it's crazy to me to think that you didn't FAQ that quickly, but but they don't the play scale, test their stuff the way right. Mantic does. Yeah. Right. Oh, speaking of, speaking of play testing, Kyle Pretzel Swinky just walked in. GW's thing. Go ahead. Sorry. So, so I, I have a thought about that. So you had mentioned before, yes, and there's balance in there being no balance. Right. Or, or, or is there balance? I don't know. I, so my my thought is, now I, I, I used to play a card game when I was playing Magic. I also played a game called Lord of the Rings. Not Lord of the Rings, but The Legend of the Five Rings. Right. A fancy right. play game? Yeah. It, amazing. And some of their stuff was, some of their cards were extremely good. But they never came out and said, this card is banned. They came out with the next set with a card that would counter that one, right? And then after that, so they were constantly putting out things that would counter the over the stuff that was perceived to be overpowered. They never right. took it away. That, right? GW, when they come out with a new release, and it's really OP, let's say, um, I don't think that they're looking at it and going, well, this is a thing that's going to counter this last OP thing that I put out. I just think they're like, this is totally cool. I want to sell 50 million of these, so let's make it turn it up to 11. That's my thought. Now, I haven't played a GW game, to be fair, since the end of 8. And the stuff that I have, well, I take that back. I played some of their standalone stuff. Yeah, their box games are actually, are actually pretty actually good. I, they're fine for what they are. Aeronautic Imperialis been playing that. Nothing right. wrong with that. It's but, fun. I'm, but I'm not going to go to a tournament no, and no. deal with that. Right? This is a different rule set. Vantic puts out a different game. It's a different vibe. It's right. Shannon nodded to me, so I yeah. know I'm. I know I'm kind of saying something. <laughs> right. You're not. You're not crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely even looking at past masters and stuff, and at different GTs and regions. There are definitely some lists that are just. They're a nightmare to have to face and walk up against. But for the most part, well, obviously any list is beatable. There have been some that are probably very difficult to beat. No, no question, right? Because they. We're taking units that, if they weren't overpowered, they were right next door to it and taking multiples of them. Sure. But uh, almost every list, at some point, you're going to run into some sort of a counter for that list in a big event. Right. Especially if it's a skew. 
Yes. I mean, you know, balance is the new hotness, but like a skew gets you four wins at a five-game tournament, right? Yeah. So it gets you it gets you near the top every time. Yeah. If you, if you think back, like the Chicago GT, Alex's win was almost that Games Workshop model where those steel behemoths. The steel behemoth came out and were clearly too good. He jumped on it, crushed everyone's face, and walked away master. Yeah. Well, it also then, helped that he had dominated in that last year. Nerf bat. But even even like, at that tournament, I would say, to pull the Jeff Swan humble brag here or whatever, but like the scenario he got me on was probably the worst scenario I could have faced him in. He got first turn. Well, and, and, and Alex is a good player. I'm not saying I would have beat him on another yeah, scenario, yeah. but I'm saying it was it was a difficult one for me. The last round, the map Dominate. Had, dominate right. against Aaron Chapman's list. I think list. he would agree. Like, Alex deserved to be master, no question. But he had some things going in his favor, and I think anyone who's been mastered would tell you that. Well, you're that. 6-0. you got you to have things falling your way. Yeah, yeah. Any, any tournament you go to, not just Masters, right, to, <clears> to be on top, you had to have a few things go your way. Either scenarios and matchups went yeah. well, or you had a critical dice roll or two. And that's not to take anyone anything away from anyone who's won those events, but I think they would all tell you that, mm-hmm. right? Like, the things that I needed to break my way when I needed it to broke my way. Sure. You said something interesting earlier, though. You know, I was thinking in my head, like, GW is just continually... It's not balanced. It just continually swings both ways. But, you know, the other option is you could just put something else out that counters whatever was the new broke thing. Right. Does that solve the problem? Does that maintain a system balance, like, if, if that's what you're doing? Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't design games. <laughs> I just know that... I know, we just I, talk about them. Well, but here's the interesting thing, though. I used to be demoralized and kind of bent out of shape. It was really an abusive relationship between me and the and the Warhammer hop, right? And I don't have that feeling now. Right. Right. I mean, I continually take suboptimal stuff, but because I want Mantic, I think to their credit, they've got ba- pretty good balance within the armies and throughout the different armies, right? I think you can argue there's we can we can argue about not perfect, but but it's, but, but on the whole they try very hard. Yeah, but then you get Sporven or Dwarven Spear Levy. And then, you know, what do you yeah. do with that? But right? I mean but but even in most army lists, there's multiple builds, right? Like, yeah. even the goblins, they don't have to be shooting. Kyle Poole ain't got no shooting in his list. Maybe let's take it an, an, a step further. What are the positives of Mantic's rate of change, the impact, you know, that change philosophy? What are the positives for the player base? We're all thinking. Yeah. I think the big thing is giving the players time to adjust. You don't have to build a new army every six months or two weeks or whatever it is with GW, right? You've got time to, and especially with the Agreed. with the unit basing, right? You've got time to put effort into it and come up with something well, unique. I, but, but I mean, as, as a company philosophy, though, it means that you're not driving sales. Well, right. We're going to get right. to that in a minute, the negatives of it. Yeah. But the positives, I think you hit on one of the big ones, which is for both the casual the casual player can dip his toe in every six months. Game really hasn't changed all that much. Right. Right. Competitive player you can take the time, you can learn how to play the army, and you're at that learned state, competitive state for a while before it gets nerfed or whatever, you know, because because they're not well, hitting even with the nerf bat. Generally, they haven't invalidated list. Right. The, uh, there's only been a few things, right? Like after the second edition with the chariots, when they were trying to handle chariots and made those irregular, you invalidated list. So anytime they make a unit irregular, they're potentially that invalidating list. Yeah. So that's a low he, I guess, dragon sure. words and stuff. Ch- changing the, the thing that would really screw people is that they change base sizes on anything. Yes, if they which did they that, did from first to second yeah. a lot. Yeah, and that that's a nightmare. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I, that for sure. As long as they don't make them smaller, I guess you can scale up, but it's still kind of a pain to build that bigger base right? around 
something that you've already built. Yeah, I mean, they did some of that with 50 mil monsters going to 75 or whatever, right? But I mean, I'm not a static army guy, right? Like, I have right. army ADD. I right. change so, armies all so, the time. To your point. If I go to two events with the same army, like, that's crazy. Like, right. I, yeah. right. Like, I want to change all mm -hmm. the time. I like it. So in the GW model, you just stay with the same army and it changes. In the Bantics model, you just buy new armies. Well, in the, no, in the Games no, Workshop model, no, not even, you well, not, I guess not Mike. Mike. Mike's a dwarf no, kind no, of guy. No, 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 but, but I, I actually don't think... I, that's the opposite of, I think, what we're trying to say here. Okay. Right? In the GW model, you're, you're incentivized to continue to buy new stuff and if, put it on the table. If I'm a tournament player right. yeah. and I'm chasing tournament finishes to be competitive, I'm changing Arby's. I probably skip you know, every two releases. But but one of those next couple releases is going to like entice me to change mm -hmm. everything. Yes. Right. I'm not gonna collect six thousand points of one thing. Like I'm going yeah. to keep chasing that that next right. and right. then Mantic next new idea. Right. And GW or, or the Mantic side is I can continue to build if I build one or two units a year, I'm kind of like in it. I'm 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 still in the I'm still in the mix. Right like, again, really pretty, pretty good for the casual player that's not absolutely fully turning it into a lifestyle game. Right. right? And absolutely. over time, maybe you build out, you know, pick an army. Maybe you build out two of every single unit in that army, and then down the road, if they tweak and change stuff around, you're already right. I'm already in it to win it. Right. Exactly. I mean, in a way, Mantic rewards the long-term player. You know, the game rewards you because you you can learn it, you can build it, and it's going to stay the same for a while. Now. You you were hitting on that 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 could be a negative too. So let's flip it around. What's what are the negatives of Mantic's? What do we want to call it? Marketing method? I don't know. There are a couple things that would entice me to go out and buy more stuff. And the first one would be this model looks cool. I have to own it and I have right. to paint it. And to be fair, their new releases, the Mantic Hot. releases are Hot. very. The Salamanders are amazing. Very nice. All the right? Goblin stuff I purchased, very nice. Totally right. Yeah. They're, they're they're like a smelly right? uh, sorry, a smelly dwarf list or yeah. something. Well, what was the right. the D and D the smelly what were they the smelly? Yeah, the the gully dwarves. Right? Gully dwarves, yeah. Right. But if you take a look, the other thing that would actually get me to to purchase a new army would be a new rule set. Right, a new set of rules that goes, have you seen this army and this is how it plays? And, oh, man, I could do yeah. this thing. But they're yeah. not doing that. So they're driving sales of minis with cool minis, right? Not driving sales of minis by chasing new rules. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? I mean, well, I, I think there's also just this long-term build, right? We didn't start seeing all the Night Stalker armies until a year after they came. The shooting same with, and stuff. Same with yeah. the Northern Alliance, right? They were almost a response. It, it took a lot of time for people to, to, to get through all of it. To, and also to build the army the way that they want it and to paint it yeah. and make it look cool. I mean, it takes about a year to make an army, right? Yeah. And I think it took a few rule adjustments to make the Night Stalkers really... You know the army they are today. Totally agree. So, what are some of the negatives, though? We, we, we've, been, we've been seeing the praises. There are some distinct. You, you mentioned one of them. You're not selling a lot of models, unless unless you're just going on the aesthetics. Because you're not changing the rules. Right. And I think I actually think from a business model perspective. And once again, this is all speculation. Me talking at my rump. I don't own a, one. I haven't played a lot of GW stuff anymore, so I'm gross, yeah. grossly missing. Well, that's what we, Have you not listened what to this it? podcast? We just make stuff up on the fly, it, it, and it, it sounds professional. Radio? Is that correct? Oh, so, got it. Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, we're not talking about D&D. &D. It's not unplugged right Oh, uh, everybody knows that's the, the queen of games. Anyway, I'm going to step away from the mic now. <laughs> I think that there's probably a, a feeling on Mantic's part, though, that people will eventually, they'll fill out, flush out one army, fill it out, and then they'll want to build out another army. and they'll. Well, what, um, what about the thought that 
because the game doesn't change very much, uh, you can get to a, a state of staleness, right? Like the game is like, okay, we're going to see the same lists over and over again. And like, I mean, in the Southeast, we got the, the Jeff O'Neill boogeyman, right? Like, it, it works. I mean, I, I mean, the number of people who are excited about salamanders in the last couple sure. months after seeing those new models, like, yeah. all so, it takes is releases. So what you're saying, has, so what you're saying is Mike's right. In two years. So as long as you get aesthetics down right, that can be enough to drive the sales. I mean, I, It doesn't I, have to be rules-driven. I'm definitely to the point where, like, model aesthetics is what's driving my choices of what I want to play where my where I'm going with projects like my next two projects are already lined up and it's a hundred percent aesthetics I've had enough time to play with the new rules now it's about like what I want to put out on that table and I think there's a lot you know a lot of people are really excited for this salamander release even more so than the halfling release right right that's a new army who knows what it's going to be we know what the salamander release you know, army is it's mm-hmm. a good army, but those new models are driving a lot of interest. Mm-hmm. I'll just say stuff, and you guys can tell me I'm stupid. That's fine. The idea that you have net lists in in Kings of War, a good list is going to be good for a while. But here, I mean, here's my here's my ca- not counter, yeah. But my thought about that yeah. is, sure, if you play in a small meta, mm-hmm. if you play in, if me and the same five guys are playing all the time, then yeah, it's, it may get stale, right? Because you're not. You know, you talk about the social experience of like, listen, we're all in this together. Could you please change it? Because you're crushing me. You know, whatever. Um, but the thing that actually drives the interest and makes the game dynamic is actually getting out to larger events. I cannot stress it enough to people. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you have not gone to an event, get it fixed. Get it figured out. Like, it's awesome. You yeah. will leave. You will drive home going, I'm going to build every army because everything is awesome. And it. Right, you're exposed to people's. Everything is awesome. It, it could, is yeah. Jeremy here? If, right, it, it just makes sense. There it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> if, just, if you didn't write three army lists on the way home from your event, like, right? are you even there? Like, right. Yeah. Or, or just get you get inspired because you see the the next level painting, the next level gameplay stuff that you did not get exposed to. That's the thing I think that pushes. That's the thing I think that pushes you for. So, all right, here's another thing I'll throw at you guys. You guys can go, like, yeah, you know what you're talking about. Is the game slow? Is Mantic's game slow to react to imbalances when they do come up? Because we are only putting out occasional FAQs and I'm Clash of Kings book. I spent a lot of time doing game design for. A, a That's ton why of you're di- here, Garrett. Ton of different. Smart games. guy, man. This game is incredibly balanced. Yeah. Right? When we talk about imbalance, like that level, of, like that level of imbalance is so small. Right. Little minuscule things are off, and. I don't think most of them are that meta Game breaking, right? Yeah. yeah, okay. So I think when you start from a place where everything is so close, you don't need the, the mammoth shifts. Right. Right? Okay. And so I think that, like, you should be slow to react. Right? right. The last thing we want is, well, maybe in the case of Dustin winning too many tournaments with ice elementals, we should have acted a little quicker as a thing. But, like... The number of things that are that out of balance are are so small. Right. And and in in regards to the release schedule of yeah. the fixes, right? I like to think it seems to me anyway that they 
I think they banter around a lot of ideas on how to balance things, and then they play test a shiz out of it before it gets released. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think it's a slapdash. I released something two weeks later. I got an FAQ for that thing, and two weeks later I got another one. But none of it really addresses the problem because I want you to keep buying my minis. Yeah. Right. Like they, I think that it's deliberate. And when the and when the response comes out, it's like, okay, I see what they were thinking. It seems like it's reasonable. Let's try this now. I'm gonna throw another thing out here. It's kind of getting us in a little bit of a digression, but I think it's gonna be an interesting. I, I can't wait to hear Jeremy and Shannon's take on this, but Mantic's got less product coming out. The rate is slower. The game is figure agnostic, right? Which means you have a higher percentage of people that are just buying books. Is the game sustainable at that point if you're just buying books? Maybe the answer is in really great models to attract people. I, I'm to the point I don't know if I'm going to buy a box of miniatures ever again. Like, dude, I, I got a whole I basement ha- full of stuff. I have oh, my, Jesus. I have my like six Patreons that I, you know, right, on yeah. every month, like, constantly giving me new ideas and new shit every month. Like, yeah, yeah. it's real exciting. And Mantic can't keep up with that pace. Yeah. Like, but I don't know. I would well, like to see them. Elevate and and work to compete with that. And I, even if it's at a slower pace, like I think that's what they need to do. Right? I think that, I think there's something to be said about the the fringe players, right? A lot of fringe players who are maybe thinking about getting into a game, they want to be able to. There's something about going into the game store, seeing the boxes mm-hmm. of the miniatures uh, of the game that you want to play. Like I have a bunch of friends who love Kings of War that have got really got into Song of Ice and Fire because it's in the game store, the game store's selling it, so it's de facto a good game, right? Because it's in there. And it's easy for them to get, and they just don't quite understand about printing models or yeah. whatever. So I think the, the agnostic is both its like greatest... The double-edged sword. It, it, I mean, you throw that term around a lot, but I th- really think that it is. Yeah. Because when someone's new to Kings of War and they walk into a shop and they're like, where's all the Kings of War models? Well, they're here, but you can use whatever models you right. want. I mean, yeah. it becomes a... We're going to explore that with the store owner because it's it's a thing, right? Like, he's trying to sell models and he's got people showing up to play Blood Bowl with 3D printed Blood Bowl teams. And it's like, well, how do I make money if you're just taking my table space, but, you, but I'm not charging you a table fee? How do I make money? So that'd be something we explore down the road. But and I, so it's something I was wondering, you know, is it sustainable? I, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question, and that they may have to move more and more to charging table fees so that they have some coverage. It's, I think that's reasonable. Like you're using. It's interesting because so. the, Mantic is the only company that has a miniature tabletop game where, if you're officially sponsored by that company, they don't require the actual models. Cool me or not, straight up, you play Song of Ice and Fire, you're playing with their models. If it's an official event. Uh, atomic mass but games. Who cares? No, no. I, I but about about official events. Who cares? Well, the, the, sto- the, the, from the stores. The, yeah, but I, yeah, but the stores. Right. I don't know. I, there's a part of me that goes. It, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm so, 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 so anti Blood Bowl example. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I ran I ran a store for for five years. We had a huge Blood Bowl community, right? Our our league, you know, 25, 30 players, mm-hmm. and. You know, people were buying their Grebo teams. People were buying their other, you know, yeah. you know, cool alternate sculpt teams. Finding the old, you know, sculpts on eBay. That's a good point but, you're making. But we also had this this culture where people were wanted to one up the next guy yeah. and make their cool team. And we're buying, you know, 
a box of black orcs off the mm -hmm. shelf to convert their own team. And that and that and that community of of wanting to one up the next guy and do cool conversions, that was causing the sales. Yeah. Right? And 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 I think that that a good community will will you know, especially if project self regulate or something or I mean, peer just, pressure. Like wanting oh. to do that next cool thing. Yeah. Like causes people to explore the models on yeah. the wall and having it in stock, letting me grab it. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting because we have a very vibrant uh, Infinity community in our store, and there is no proxies. Like, you you show up with a proxy mod, they're like, you're out of here, buddy. Like, this, like they, they self-regulate. Like, this is... Because I, maybe that's a rule set that requires that because you got to have certain size bases, and I don't know. Anyways, that's a rabbit hole we'll have to explore down the road, right? Like, what is the effect of figure agnostic where you're 3D printing models and how does that impact stores? So, how does that impact businesses like Mantic trying to make money? From my perspective as a consumer, right, yeah. and not as a store owner, and to be fair, the only thing that I purchased from Mantic, I haven't bought a single Mantic model. <gasps> I know, but I already own enough models for me and 72 people. Right. Like, it's fine. I'm never going to buy another model again. I... Are they going to be painted, though, is the bigger question. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Listen, okay. right? All right. But what we are talking about is the fact that I will buy every rules released by right. Mantic because the rules are well-written, they are well-crafted, and they are worth purchasing. Right? So price your rules effectively, and you're fine. Right. So well, I, and also make sure the new models look great, right? And that's right. what you said. saying. I bought a ton of River Guard because I love those models. Right. Yeah. They speak right. to me. They're cool. Looking. I'm like, these are, like, these are fantastic. I bought a crap ton of them. The Dam Buster came out. I'm like... This may be my favorite model ever. Like I bought six of them. I probably need to buy another five of them. But but it was but that model was exceptional. Right. Well, and, you know, going back to this this notion of figure agnostic. I mean, that really it makes it easy to build a community, right? The barrier entry is very low, and, yes. and we know. But at some point, I'm wondering if we're going to cross a, a threshold where it's like, okay. The community's big enough. If, because I, I don't see us being able to just ninth age stuff. Like, we're not going to keep the rules up if Mantic goes out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I understand that. However, and this is once again from the consumer perspective. Yeah. When I go to a game store, if there's no Mantic stuff oh, on the sure. shelf for me to buy, then don't tell me I got to buy it. And, and just buy something else. End of well, discussion. Don't tell me I got to buy it to come to your event if you're not going to stock it. And that goes back to. Well, that's right? true. It's a good point. I mean, what are you doing here? You're, that, talk about barriers to entry. Yeah. Right? Right, I guess, and, and, I'm, and I'm from a different store who does stock it, who's got the whole range. So, and, and then probably the exception rather than the rule. Well, and then, when, in, That's my, a good point. in my store, we made a big point for games that we carried. We carried everything. Yeah. Our confrontation wall was the biggest within five states, and people would drive five hours yeah. to come by confrontation models because I yeah. had everything in stock. Right. My war machine right. section was the same way. I'd get, you know, 30 guys in on War Machine night. Guy loses a game. I'd be like, oh, have you tried this in your list? Hand yeah. it off the wall. You know, eight out of ten times, he's buying that model. Having stuff on the wall, like, is, is, is a big deal. If you have a good stock, impulse buy is a yeah. – it's, it's great. Like, great. oh. Where I think Mantic runs into issues because, one, the, the, the spectrum of their quality of models is so large – that when you do carry the good stuff versus their bad stuff, it's, so it's if you're wide, carrying ranging. the whole thing, which you, which I totally agree with you, you should. Yeah. And it, and it's a lot of it's in these VHS VHS 
tape boxes with no. Well, that's the old ones, but yeah. No, that's old school, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying is like if you want to go in and see a nice, a nicely fulfilled displayed product with consistent models. Yeah. Or the, you, you need to buy a unit, but it's like, oh, I need these models, but they're only in the Vanguard box, or I gotta, I gotta try to contact. Uh, someone at Mandic to see can they get me 20 sisterhoods of right. the Vanguard so I think that sometimes uh, the ease of entry for the the new players like and we're talking not just Warhammer accessibility it's, accessibility it's tough for new miniature games yeah their game is just not as accessible as right because you can't like it's not prepackaged agreed you got the new GW box just came out or the, the number of people who have, you know, like the Austin Casey with his 90 snow trolls because he wants Northern Alliance The stuff. Shirtless and Wonder. That's two podcasts right? tonight that have already brought up his name. I mean, He'll be very pleased because we don't talk about him very much. He's like the troll you keep in the dark, you know? Right, right. But, like, it's a good example of the barrier to entry. Like, yeah. why does he have, you know, ni- 90 snow trolls because he wanted the he other wanted stuff it, yeah. on the list? He he's, wanted the, the he's hardcore, fans, right? Yeah, he's hardcore. Yeah, well, and, you know, and that's the nice thing about Kings of War. It allows you to, you know, it goes back to the balance. Like, you do whatever you want. You want to play, you want to play a, an all Frostfang list or an all right. Snow Troll list. You can do it. And they would talk about like when they were doing the Vanguard sculpts of, oh, these are just going to be our first ones. We're going to release extra poses right. that we have from the concert. and didn't really happen. And, and, and it doesn't really happen. Yeah. So if you want Snow Trolls, you have which I think are an amazing unit and a unit that not a lot of people use and I think some of that is because if you do want to use Mantic models yeah. you have like two poses that are basically the same right but then the people who do take the time and cut them up like they look spectacular like Riley yeah, he's been converting some right he has some yeah okay. I think I think Tom Robinson just posted his snow trolls and yeah. he cut up all okay. of them and I mean it's a shame he had to but yeah. you know monopose lineman style and that's part of the question when they design some of these new releases for vanguard as a way to bring them in and get the models built are they still really thinking about their usage in kings of war like somebody wants someone could easily run three or four hordes of snow trolls right you could run a snow troll army and you would want you to buy 20 of the same mini yeah and that's one of those things when it comes out here's a new kit of vanguard a new kick-ass model that has a, a a a war ha- or a, a Kings of War profile. Here's a unit of it that you can buy for Kings of War. I mean, that stuff should be coming out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, I want this unit in my army, but I have to buy eight. Well, you know, Vanguard it's, it's funny because we always forget too the size of the company, right? You know, we're always comparing it with GW. It's like, well, Warlord's the same situation. Like, the releases are so like scattershot sometimes. You're like, okay, but I mean, Corvus Belly's the same size. And they put out, you know, right. six, six models every month. Right. They're continually turning out and, and, and filling out. Because you know, no, they I, have the same problem where they don't have all of the models for their profiles. So they're constantly trying to fill in the armies. Yeah. But they're, they're more consistent. Like, they continually work on it. They alternate which armies are getting new stuff every month. Like, I don't know. No, I'm curious. I, I think... I don't know why Mantic cannot follow their model and, and well, I mean, at least least things at that level. Yeah, I just wonder if, from an aesthetic standpoint, they probably should be able to. But from a scale perspective, I mean, ranks and flanks is all, you know, 28 armies. I mean, I know there's a lot of sculpts in Infinity, but, man, I, I can't. There's a lot of holes in those armies, right, for, for Kings of War. Anyways, 
You were going to say something, sorry. I just wonder, and I don't know if you guys have talked about it yet, but it's a topic that we've talked a lot, and I'm curious other people's, uh, other people's opinions. But we know in the end, Magic's got to make money for there to be a game, right? And I wonder if these one-shot board games or these smaller releases really are money makers because when I see those and it's like here's a new Dracon model it's like why aren't you taking that resources and redoing L? yeah are, that's a good question why aren't is it is it are they diverting resources that should be spent on Kings of War or are they actually making money and then that's sort of keeping Kings of War afloat I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm probably not really the case but speculation friends. speculation on all our parts but right? I mean almost every sto- game store I go into Terrain crate is on the shelf. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So and I then think they, they don't do have well. man, and then they do, but yeah. they don't have Kings of War units. No, right? like no. But you know, and like things like Walking Dead, obviously. And Hellboy did well for Hellboy. them. So I think they do do really well. That's just frustrating to me. You know what's an interesting fact? I don't know if you guys know this. Mantic was number ten for board game sales on Kickstarter last year. Yeah. So like by the number ten, behind all the big boys like Kuhlman or not and all that. So I mean, they make a good amount of money on Kickstarter. So, you know, it's a rabbit hole that there's no right answer, right? Like, no. at what point did you break and run up the company? What happens to the rules and how they affect them? But let's, I'm going I'm to bring us back. We were talking about the rate of change, right, with Mantic Games and the pace of their releases. What's, what's the impact on the players? We started this whole conversation with, I think because we don't change very much, it doesn't train us. It doesn't like Pavlev dog, you know, like Get us, get us in that thing. So we just, when changes hit, we just lose our, right? And I, and I, and I'm wondering if see, that. See, I'm. I just don't see that. I think I'm a little different in that I like change. I like needing to change my army. I like switching to a whole new right. army. Like, like, I, when the addition changed over, that was some of the most fun. Like trying to figure out what what that next army was going to be with a whole new rule set. Like I, I really enjoy the change, but I think I may be a little weird. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, okay, so when you say, well, I want to get Shannon's opinion on this as well, to be honest, about whether yeah. or not there is a freak out every time there's a cock pack. No, no, I, I'm just saying in you, general because you're, you're making it sound as if so. Like every time these 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 rule switches come out, everyone goes, "Oh my God, the game is ruined." But no one's doing that. So like, so like fanatics when they, might be, but when no they, one else is. Who gives it? So when they made right? the change where they invalidated the undead army, the all-flying undead army, right? The the wraiths became, you know, they had a few folks, not a lot, but you had a few folks that lost their You've invalidated my army. Blah, blah. Does GW prepare their player base to handle change better than Mantic? Are you are you asserting that I, I don't know? What I'm not asserting anything. I don't know what the barometer for that would be because the only way that I could say is: Are you saying that people bitch less on the internet for GW games? Are you saying that if you get hit with a stick every two weeks, you're more used? You to become inured to getting hit with a stick. I guess. I mean, hit with a stick yeah. once a year. Right? People are just used to it. They're, they're, they're the beatings. You're gonna get another one in two weeks. I don't know. I think the biggest. It could thing be full is of when you. Like, Mike. You're, you're definitely going to get the outrage, I think, when you invalidate armies, right? Yeah. Because people have put the effort. It, it's tough to swallow when they maybe nerf a unit, what you perceive as too much, because, you know, then you might not want to, at the competitive level, you may not be wanting to play it, I guess. But as long as the army's not invalidated, there's still an argument to be made that at least you, you can, can still play, play the army, yeah, yeah. Right. So, again, for my specific examples, again, Goblin Chariots at the end of second edition, 
and I was kind of just getting in the swing of using them the last couple of years of second edition, really enjoying it with the, yeah. the models I had. And then I couldn't, I couldn't play that list, any, literally could not play that list anymore. And that is what really bugged me, I think, versus I didn't agree like with the 18-inch range shooting, but I mean, I brought them here anyway. Right. I would have liked to have left that at 24, but I can still play the list. It may right. not work well, it may not work the way I want it to, but at least I could still play it at this yeah. point. So I think that's the biggest issue is when you change units to a regular or you get rid of units completely and there's not something else they easily map to. I see that. I think that's the big issue. You know, like with, with the herd, Agreed. they got rid of Stampede, but you could still map them into Minotaur Chariots. Right. I mean, I, I have an all-mounted Mantic Orc Army with two fight wagon legions, right? Mm -hmm. Well, with the changes, that list is illegal now because I don't have enough unlocks at that point. That's so I have okay. to go pay. So, uh, sure. I mean, I get, I get exactly what you're yeah. saying. But you for me, I was like, well, I got to paint some more Gore Riders. The army I took to two masters in second edition is illegal. Right. Like, I cannot build it anymore. I can't play the Varn right. I used to play. It's completely invalidated. So I just changed to new armies. Like, that's sitting on a shelf, and that's fine. Like, yeah, I don't think I, like, pissed and moaned about it when they changed the chariots. I don't remember it because, I mean, you started again, playing I, was just, I was just going to play a different army. Yeah. Right. Kind of like Garrett, you know, I jump around from army to army every couple right. of events as well. And if you have to do it once a year or once every edition change versus every yeah. month to keep up, like, well, now my space marines are blue because ultramarines are awesome this week. And usually right. they listen, right? It took a year after third edition, and then most of the chariots, aside from Kingdoms of Men and Minotaur chariots, I think, are now regular again. Right. So you could... And that's one thing I think you see, right? That even if they make a change that makes sense to them at the time, that it is we do exist within this uh, world of they listen and change. So I think right. in some other games you may not get that change until another edition or whatever. Right. So I think that sometimes it takes a couple editions. That's what I'm right? saying. Like when you're stuck on your army book, like Bretonians or something. Like, oh my god! And you had to wait, you know, seven years to get a new to get a new book by Anthony Reynolds. Yeah. 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 People would fuck. Wow. Yeah. Back in the day, you'd find out who was writing your book and just roll your eyes like, like oh, oh my gosh. gosh. You know. But I have a lot of faith in the RC. I've always said, I said on my cast, I'll say it here, the RC, I think, does excellent work. I yeah. have faith in them to make the game as close to balance as they can get it. It's a big, complex game with a thousand factions now, and getting all that figured out is hard. And, and I think right? they work both to bring the bottom up and bring the, and top, the top down. down. And, yes. and, and, and I'm with you. I have a lot of faith that, that they are really trying to do both. And I might not agree with the same problems on either side. Right. But I believe their intentions are, are very good and in the right place. I think yeah. they all honestly care about the game. They play it. They, they, they play it. They love it. Yeah. I think they, they're not going in there going, <laughs> I mean, they honestly want to make the game the best possible version right. of the game can be. It's just sometimes you get a couple different opinions. Right. People, I mean, we know, all expect ghouls to be better with the next cock, right? You like know, Alohi or, so, got on the or so nerfed right Ghouls now. are going to be oh, much better. But... What else you got to say, Mike? Why is it always me? Well, I mean, you're you're always been like the closer. I mean, come on. I don't know. I I think that Mant I I personally prefer the Mantic business model. Mm -hmm. I, I've been pretty honest about it this entire cast. I've been, I've been bashing once again my memories of GW. Yeah. Right. I mean, I jumped off that train when eighth when when the, well, it's when the changed a lot. When it was eighth, eighth edition, I, we, we we struggled to get books. My store quit at the end of seventh. We didn't even make it to eight. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, it hurts. Yeah. You know? I mean, 8th edition was better than 7th. Mm. 
Yeah, I like to eat the dishes. I, I like I just like lots and lots of dudes. That was awesome. But then and then they take it to the stream where you got hundred man units. Like okay guys. And then there was silence on the rest of the tables. Yeah, it was good. I'm glad you liked eighth. Yeah, good. Well, thing, it was good, it was good yeah, until the end go. times. Ugh. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that was fun. And I think it's good for us to take a breath and realize that in playing in this game, you get to know people, rules committee or whatever. What other miniatures game could we all play and have a similar, similar level of agency and actually help guide the direction Agreed. of the game? What other game system is like that? Whereas, like... None. You know, us, you, you, you go to tournaments, you know RC members, you can make suggestions and they listen to you. So to me, that's one of the reasons why I love King so much is because I feel like I have a, a little tiny piece of the pie as far as creating the game that I want to play. Right. And I think that's something pretty special. Shannon, you got anything you want, you want to add? No, overall, I'd say I'm pretty happy with Mantic's model and the way it's it's worked. Uh, obviously, the Kings of War is pretty much the lone game system I have played all the way through, but I've looked at a few different rule systems and kept up with some of them. Uh, I think the annual pace is pretty good. It gives you a chance to see how models or how the meta is evolving and how armies are playing before you make any sort of changes to it. Give some time for things to shake out. And you can see, you know, if the meta trends one way for the first half of the year, but then has a counterbalance in the back half of the year, you didn't make a knee-jerk reaction that wasn't necessary because I think it's very out. true that they try to take, make changes based on data, right? I mean, that's that's a, a good thing. Take tournament results and take feedback from the players to make the changes. I think there are some things when when either Cockpack or New Edition comes out, there are certain things that you see right away that people are going to take because this is really good and other combinations or other units it's going to take more time for people mm -hmm. to kind of sniff it out and how to best use it so giving it some time for that to develop i think is generally the right call i mean there may be a few things that sneak few sneak through at times where it's clear that something needs to be done more rapidly and they can always issue an errata partway through the year for that well let's talk about that errata that just came out I'm more confused than I started with. I don't understand it. I but was I, like, but I'm a bad player. Like I don't, I don't get it. Right? Yeah, I just so, maybe the smart guys can explain it to me because I, I, I still don't get it. In, the withdrawal in, rules changes. In my all that. opinion, what they did was made so in the last errata, mm -hmm. rectangles took a big hit with the way they could act with the withdrawal, with the withdrawal. But it also created this exception for squares that made them more powerful because they could act in a way that rectangles could not. Right. This new change makes squares have to behave the way rectangles already were. So it's not so much a nerf as bringing these these other base sizes in line operate in the are we way. We talking about equity here? What yeah, are we talking buddy? about? Yeah, <laughs> we are. We are. Right? And it's and it's the the, the bone giant exception that yeah. they basically took away. Right. And that is genius the way that you describe that because I did not think about it like that. That's awesome. That's right. why he's on the cast. But yes, <laughs> he brings the. He, they, why he makes am this, I here? Makes so, the, well, okay. So actually, it's funny because that transitions to an idea that me and my guys have been bantering around. Yeah. So one of the things that does not feel right with the game is that a regiment of large infantry is less maneuver than a horde of large infantry because of their because of the relative base size, right? They're much wider and narrower for the regiment, right? And one of the things that we had bantered about is what if you made a regiment instead of three by one, two by two? so that it is square and allows you to have the 
essentially more maneuverability than the rectangle that is the three by two, mm -hmm. right? I, once again, it goes back to the nightmare scenario of having to rebase your but I'm so potty mouth of rebasing your units. I, I, right? I actually edit. It's fine. No, it's fine. Well, Honestly, that would be a really interesting change. Right. Because because then you're also changing like the the you know pressure per inch. Yes, basically. you are. And yes, and you are. You would see a lot more regiments Absolutely. of large infantry. Yeah. They would be really interesting to play. totally. Totally. I actually, okay. yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Anyway, you heard it here first. Shannon, you got anything you want to add on that? I, I think we need a campaign for that. Yeah, like, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm on board. You got any suggestions or any uh, comments on the uh, the new the new errata? The new rule. Um, I'm glad it went into place just before I play Adam Ballard and his <laughs> an idol of Shovik round one. He might cry. Like, he already I, was a little. I think he's, I he's on the verge of tears. Yeah. yeah. Every time he I think, puts, I think every time he touches shape, a stone giant, or a, a bone giant, a stone giant. Oh, every time he touches a bone giant, he's like there's a little single tear <laughs> goes down his cheek. That's funny. Yeah, I guess it, that run really does hit his army harder than does. anybody else. Mark, Mark Taylor and and Adam probably get hit the hardest because yeah. they use the bone giants and idle and they use them yeah. effectively and it's a big part of their list. Yeah. It's it's their punch. Like it, it is the secret sauce and it took away it didn't take away everything, but it took away um, so the, some of the flexibility. Yeah. But I don't feel bad because when they advocated for getting getting rid of triple blood boil right before the masters, I was okay with that and I supported it. Even as a triple blood. I mean, because you player. knew it was too good. It right? was too much. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah. And and like I think like Garrett explained, this is just bringing the square bases in line, consistent with the with, with what other units are yeah. imposed on. Yeah. Give us a topic, man. These guys are coming up. With, give us give us something to chat about. Well, got, I'll say that I've learned during <laughs> Masters Weekend to never go to a casino without Shannon Shoemaker. So you lose your money. Well, I went last night with like my family on the way here. And I could just, Shannon's ghost was like, I should be here with you. <laughs> and I lost. So. Interesting. <laughs> I asked I asked you last week where we were going to go. If we were gonna... He's, essentially, I helped paid for his last master's vacation. In Chicago? In Chicago. Oh, no, in when we were New in York. New York. New York. Okay. Okay. Mike, give us a topic. <laughs> on the spot. So, I, okay, so I'll, I'll give you one. Right. Yeah. So, when you take a look at consistent good play. Right. One of the things we've this will be my this is the fifth Masters we've had. Uh, right? Nashville, Chicago, San Antonio, New York, New York, York right? and yes, yeah, okay, fifth so one. Cool. Four Kings of War. Four Kings yeah. of War. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you look around the table. You look around the room. A lot of same faces. Yep. Right. Consistent good play. This goes back to what you were talking about earlier about the the rate of change is such that if you are good and know the rules, then you're it'll good. stay good for a while. Rules, right? Yeah. Is that good or bad for the game? Well, I think that speaks to the balance of the game, right? And balance is good. Well, but, well, but there's also the thing where the new guy comes into the game store. And gets thunderstomped. And, and just get, yeah. Yeah, he gets thunderstomped. You're like, oh, I don't want to play this game anymore. They're, yeah. Uh, it, it, there, there are people who want to play games and get good and appreciate the tactics and the learning and the, and the work. And then there are others who want to compete because they're competitive and getting their ass kicked turns them away. Right. Well, they would prefer just to give, be given a net list and <laughs> hit these buttons here and then that's but, what But, I do. mean, there's different, like, when you're dealing with gamers, there's a lot of different personality types. There's a lot of different things that people are trying to get out of the games that they're playing. Mm -hmm. There are different things that appeal to people about games, right? And those, those players who are attracted to 
I want to take this broken thing and just smash your face because it's new and, and, and broken are not the same people who want to put in the reps and practice and really think about tactics and, and right? There's a, it's a different mental exercise. Yeah. Um, so do you want the, do you want the first type I don't, in your crowd? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm cool with them not being here. <laughs> Right. I, to be honest, I, I mean, I think it's why we talk about this community being so great is because it appeals to one of those personality types and not all of them. Right. But that being said, there are a lot of new faces this year, and I don't know how much of that is because well, because you got a raffle, right? Didn't not new, not new, not new, not the Northeast. Oh no, that was just mid Atlantic. Listen, so if you're gonna make fun, get it right. I mean, you're really <laughs> bad at this, dude. No, no, no. I'll tell you, I, agreed. It's right? mid Atlantic. I get it. Good topic, though. You know. You know, we've we've had this conversation a lot. Like, does does Kings of War attract a certain type of player? What I've said all along is, I think it's not a gotcha game. Like, it's not a list building game where you're designing something to trick your opponent. And if you like that style game, nothing wrong with that. This is not the game for you, and you end up playing a different game, which I think inevitably I believe helps our community. And and maybe there's some overlap between that style of player and what you just said. The guy that really wants to. Take what's new, what's the what's beardy, what's what's awesome, and just smash noobs at the store. Yeah, well, I think that there isn't a lot in Kings of War that can uh, those like purple suns or the thing that <laughs> right. the newer player can play, and they know they can be getting just stomped, but if they have this one thing that could kill half their opponent's armies, so I definitely think that there is when when you have a very skilled player trying to teach a new player, there's really not a whole lot that new player can do. So I think that really goes on to the people teaching mm-hmm. is maybe you have to, when you're teaching Kings of War, you have to really keep in mind of that even more than other games and, you know, let the Wookiee win. Sometimes. Yeah, I think also it's important you got to teach them good habits, right? Yeah. By building a community, you actually want to engage the other guy on the other side of the table to make him better as opposed to, hey, look, I mean, that's the, the problem with Purple Sun is I'm going to roll six dice until I blow half your army up. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Tactics. So right? I, I think there's a point. I think some of it comes down to the health of the community. Right. right. Agreed. When you have 20, 30 guys playing every week, you, you, know, you separate the level of player, right? Those top players can bring the nastiest and play against each other and push each other, and it doesn't matter what they're bringing, right? Some of the exercise is figuring out how to beat that whatever the top dog is. Mm -hmm. But the new players, you know, they're not ready for that exercise. And, and, And I think you need to pay attention to to that stratification of your group. Agreed. And if you're all new, like if you only have a couple guys, like beating right. on the new guys doesn't help you. Yeah. It no, it's, all, it's like a form of gatekeeping. Well, it's a... It, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you want to make good players, right? And so that you have good talent to play against down the road. And, but, but I mean, playing in good, tight games where you play correctly, like that's the way to do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not and, not just, you know, oh, I you know I beat the crap out of the new guy. I'm, I feel good. Like, right. No, you're showing how to check angles, how to make sure that you're in play by intention. Show them all the good tournament skills. You know, mm-hmm. as, as far as these are the tools that you can use to become a better player. I mean, a really good example, like I, I moved to Colorado. Tyler Schultz had been going to Gen Con for a couple of years. He'd been playing, or not Gen Con, but Adepticon. Mm-hmm. He'd been playing Kings of War, but he was sloppy. He didn't measure the other, the opponent's distances. 
He didn't check all the angles. Like, he was just sloppy. And then he picked up a lot of my good habits. And tomorrow morning, he's going to kick Tom Annis's ass. Because oh, he learned, you know, all, all of those better habits. And he's a much tighter player. Down with that. Right. I, I actually want to get back to something you had mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yes, you want to make... And the community, like you get, you get a group of guys, and you want to make good players. But it's going to sound corny, but it's true. You're actually you want to make friends. Like I, I want to get, but I want to make buddies by playing this game. Sure. Right? That's I don't want to go and be like, all right, I'm just going to iron sharpens iron and blah blah blah. Now we're all better, but I kind of don't like you, right? <laughs> like that's annoying. I actually want to make friends. I want to have people over my house that I enjoy being with to go play games. 100%, 100%. That's the key. I want to make friends. Yeah. I don't want to make better players first. I want to make buddies. Well, first. you know, I think th there's a thing too, though. It depends on the the, the person, right? They're right. What's their expectation for the game? But uh, yeah, but if you're uh, gonna say if there's a dude there who doesn't want to play, doesn't want to make friends at my game store, no, no, then I have no friends then. Done. Yeah, right? yeah I mean, yeah. I'm so militant about this, really. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, I mean, Garrett's not in his head. Yes, I mean, you know, I'm not the only person out here. No, but I mean, what I'm saying is, get out. You know, you no, know, no, friends is good, but like, there's, it's also fun to have a, a competitive game, right? Like, you know. Yeah, but they're not mutually they're not mutually exclusive. Correct. Right. They're not mutually exclusive. And it seems like there's sometimes when it's like, yeah, I smashed a noob. He's not a noob. His name is Bob. Like, he just came to, like, play a game. I don't know what your problem is. Like, be cool. Mm -hmm. Right? If you want Bob to come back and play with you again, then make it enjoyable for him while you take his stuff off. And I, I think right? what Mike says is, like, one of the biggest misconceptions is that you can play a super tight, competitive tournament game where you're measuring you're uh, having that conversation I'm not sure you can do okay I, maybe I can do this but you can do that under the umbrella of still laughing your ass off having, you, you know who does it better than anybody time. is Jeff O'Neill yeah you do like he's taking my off and it's like I'm having a great time cool so this the idea of playing competitive or whatever carries this I think this uh, sort of Remembrance shadow of Warhammer, which what that meant is I've read more rules than you have, right? And I remember more of the not nonsense. So a lot of people are like, I don't want to play competitive. All those guys are. Yeah, I wonder. Ahab. I mean, like, you know, we we had a, a really great six and seventh at Warhammer group at my store, mm -hmm. and you know, we'd send 12, 15 guys to you know the Vancouver Grand Tournament and the Vegas Grand Tournament and the LA Grand Tournament, and super competitive, but. And there's a lot of nostalgia for that scene, but what we were forgetting is how toxic that scene was. It was terrible. Yes. It was awful, right? Yeah. We used to talk about people getting squirreled, right? It was a normal occurrence right. where this guy's buddy would purposely dock your sportsmanship scores because he knew that you were tied with his other friend. It was a toxic environment, but we all think of it as this, like, heyday of yeah. great well it's all it's all we had back then yeah. right it, so so it's funny i have a guy i have a guy that i work with and he just found out a couple months ago he's like holy crap you played warhammer I go, yeah he goes i got warhammer crap in my basement he goes do you play now i go no i play kings of war so i i gave him the free download of rules he read through them and i go it's a really tight rule set etc so i had a game day to get ready for the masters and he came over to watch and he, the first thing i said What'd you think? He goes, you guys aren't arguing. I go, you're right. I mean, I'm dead serious. He goes, I'm used to sitting down and getting a game. It takes five hours because there's bickering. And yeah. and I'm like, dude, it's clean. We talk everything out. Everything's pre-measured. And you just sit down and play the fucking game. Right. right? Like, yeah. this This is what he's used to. Right? Words, his words, not mine. And it was interesting to that. We were talking to a couple of new guys from Reno and discussing 
they, they've played plenty anyway, but discussing a little bit. And, and two or three of us, the main point we made was just state your intention of what you want to do. That's a game of intention, sure, yeah. Make sure that you're both on the same page. You're either in charge range or you're not in charge range. And then when it's the other player's turn, there's no question. You've already de determined right. whether or not you're right. in range. Right. Yeah. Jeremy, what you got? You got any, you got any uh, other topics? No, it's all, it's all you know. We got this, points. like, brain trust. You need to use them while we're here. It's all, it's all good points. You know, just as, as late as late you can keep Garrett up, the, bad, the better. <laughs> Are you playing Garrett? Yeah, the better it okay. is for me. All, all these last two weeks, every single day, I just like, I got a message. Oh, someone likes me. And I open the message, and it's some giant fish killing a poor little child that this guy has been sending me. <laughs> Once a day. That's Once amazing. At random, get, at random time, so we can't get, you know, no. expected. I finally start to relax a little bit, and then it's like, dun, ah, dun, dun. Dun. It's amazing. So, Mike, you're playing dwarves. <laughs> yes, right? I am. That's what year shocker. is it? All the years. Yeah. yeah. Are you ever going to play something different? Probably. Yes. The only time I have ever played Mike Rossi, he was playing League of Vordia. I did. I have another arm. Didn't you have some sort of tree, like, right. elf something? Yes. I yes. remember. Tree of life or something? What was it? Yeah, well, I was, it's, a, it it's an elf cool. place. It's, I'm building a tree. It's, I'm, building, I'm doing all kinds of crap. Are you I'm, actually doing it, or are you just... No, I'm talking about okay. doing okay. it. I, right. I drew out some... Whatever. It doesn't matter. I have some stuff if you If you do it, you can't dream anymore, right? Exactly. The, Once, the right problem now. is that, I have, in my mind, I'm like, this is gorgeous. And I and you don't think you can... No, I don't think nothing. I do it, and I go, ah, this is trash. And then I just put it down, right? That's yeah, the but you don't look at it like that's just my first iteration. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, there's trauma involved too, but that's neither here nor there. Like right. I, I haven't actually painted much in the past five years, to be fair, right? And that, that is, I, before that, I was painting an army a year, yeah, right for Warhammer. So and, and did not you enjoy it? Like, did you enjoy? Painting? I enjoyed the process. The process. Of of I totally did. Yes, I mean Walmart paints notwithstanding or whatever. But I, I really enjoyed sitting down and just. Taking two hours to do my thing, right? Yeah. Was but, that when you were young enough that your eyes weren't cross-eyed when you tried to look at them? Dude, I got the laser. Away? Dude, I got laser surgery like oh. as part of my midlife crisis, and so now I got 20/20 vision. And the doctor was like, "What's going to happen is because you were nearsighted, eventually you're going to go farsighted, and it's happening now. If I hold something close, like I don't know, like a like a like a detergent bottle, you know how small on a bottle of bleach to like clean something, the lighting is so small, the writing is so small, so I have to hold it way far away from my face." I'm 47, and I'm like, oh, so now I'm painting stuff, and I'm like, not nah, too close. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the end. It's the beginning of the end, Rob. It's the beginning that's, of the end. That's what's hit right? me the, like the last four or five years. Like, I just that, and I had this little, right. I had this little benign tremor in my right hand, so I have to like yeah. put my hands together and not move. Right. You gotta, you gotta lock those. You gotta lock the elbows in. It really is like this reverse T-Rex <laughs> to get anything painted. It's the worst. <laughs> right. So was oh, that? Man, so along with the way of way of saying you are. Anticipating I, building something. I am anticipating building maybe a, in the future. Yes, a, I don't know if I'm going to bring it to a GT, but I definitely will start painting again. I, I painted a, a, a couple units before this one, and I actually enjoyed it. So we're going to go off to the races now. This is good. Well, you Shannon. I, well, I, I've always known Shannon is like every month there was a new army. So is that continuing? No, I haven't painted anything since last Masters, honestly, other than what I'm trying to get ready now for tomorrow morning. I wonder um, if, like, COVID was, like, a little bit of an overstatement of, like, all right, all this free time to paint. And then, uh, no, like, no. I didn't paint hardly at all. No, not even close. Working from home is sucks. Night, right? You're it's working 12-hour days instead of, yeah. you know, eight oh, days. I don't There's have no definitive end. There's no definitive end to the day, so you're yeah. always yeah. on. Yep. Yeah. My eight-hour day would take 16 hours. It just, yeah. 
Yep. Oh. And there were no events that you were going to, so there was no deadline to keep you moving along. That for me is that for me is actually the key. I think that that, yeah. that artificial deadline of well, I don't, I didn't want to paint Masters, but I'm going to Masters now, and I got five weeks to do it. Let's go. You know. So do we make any conclusions tonight, or we just we just rambled? We do a lot of talking. What right? were the questions? I don't remember. Well, we talked about the rate of change, right? Like Mantic's thing, and I think, I think. But I, I fall. I, I think. Fall I think the, we all agree that it's a good thing, right? It's po- the slower pace is a so, positive thing. I, I think the but, slow pace matches the solidness of the rules. Right. right? Nothing. So what you guys say? This is how I feel about Mantic. Yeah. They're moving forward. It's just every now and then they take one step back. But then they go three steps forward, and then they'll do something. So give me an example of a step backwards. Well, I mean, just releasing a model that doesn't make any sense. Or, uh, you don't like the, the crazy armada thing with the, yeah, yeah. the flying dwarf well, thing pulling a worm? I would, I would that? love to see more quality control. Yes, dude. Uh, that's, that's what I'm telling it's a problem, bro. It's a problem. Shipping stuff we, that never arrives. We got arrived. a whole shipment of right. armada big ships. They were all mispacked exactly well, the same. And, 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 not and just, it's like, it's bad. It's real bad. Like and not 10, that 15%. kind of quality control. I'm talking at the, at the, the concept, at the concept level. Yeah, right. Okay. right? With, with model ideas yeah. and then the actual sculpts. And like I, I think there needs to be a little more quality control. Like, well, you need, need an art director. Is what you need. But actually, I think, right. I mean, I don't think they have an art director. That's what you need. What they are trying to do, and it's, in my opinion, it, and I don't work there, but what they're trying to do is go. Okay, we need to have our own IP. Our stuff has to look. It's Mantic stuff or Mantic's universe. There's no analogous thing to a worm with wings that a dwarf rides. Stupid. It's a stupid idea. It's a stupid model. It's stupid. But they're coming up with trying to come up with things that are them, right? That are theirs. I will only, say that no one else is making. Yeah, and that's why they're not listening. coming out with zeppelins. They're not coming out with gyrocopters. They're not coming out with airships because other companies do it. But they're like, no one's done a worm with wings. You know why? Because it's stupid. <laughs> and right? sometimes Ori- darts, originality yeah. is, is in their mind the best thing they can do. Right. Where sometimes you just need to do it better. But some of their stuff that they've come out with, like, dude, the luggets are gorgeous. Yeah. Like what? Are, like the 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 wingate. Despite the fact that it's massively overpowered, is gorgeous, right? I love those minis. Just go with that stuff and be done with it, right? But well, and that gets back to what you just said, which is just do the same stuff better, right? So like, then I just want to point out. So what Mike is saying is that all the goblin players are taking wingets because they look great. No, it's because they're OP garbage. Like, I, listen, I get it. Why, right? why can't you be and they both? Are, but two, right? th- two things can be true. Two Mike, can be true. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm being all you need is family, you know. <laughs> I just hope that when they nerf them, they make a unit or something, and so you can I, listen, reuse those. That would three that would be that awesome, have to be honest. Yeah. yeah, right. So, hard plastic sisterhood kit that makes either scouts or sisterhood warriors. That's what I mean. yeah, that was the need. Yeah, for sure. That that's my. If you were talking about let's do like a quick dream list. Yeah, yeah. There's Mike, not what's a, your dream? Oh, I don't know. Okay, it's, well, you're not going to buy models anyways. You already said that. I was that. trying to think of some so, yeah, smart answer, and I got nothing. Yeah. Right? It'll come to me. Shannon? I re- well, I was building a salamander's list and had half of it built right and primed up already. Uh, but the new rhinosaurs look really nice. Oh, my gosh. I think the tyrants, I'd like to see them up close. Yeah. I think there's some others that you know I like, but I think the mantic ones probably look pretty good, too. I'd just like to see them up close. I think the biggest issue, again, is just going to be, what do they have, just like two poses on them? Three tyrants, Three. and then I don't know about the rhinosaurs. Okay. Look yeah. like maybe there's two rhinosaurs and maybe different riders. But. Right. Yeah. 
I want a River Guard theme list. I want those pond, pond wardens they did for League of Infamy to be oversized mm-hmm. and a bunch more. Fun. I want them in resin. <laughs> yeah. Those models, man, they broke me, man, trying to put them together for Vanguard. I was like, golly. Well, there's no Frog King, right? Yeah, we need a frog we, king. We need a frog king. Like I, I want a River Guard theme list, all frogs mm-hmm. all the time. I want like the sure. frog. That would actually be really right because you've got what two or three versions: the tree leapers yep. and the whatever. Yeah, and then you could always add the. Well, they got the, the they got the new blowgun sculpts. We don't have rules for. Frogs, so. You know, <laughs> I want, Mike, you I want got some size frogs. Mike looks like he's got something on his well, brain. I, it's it's dwarf related, but I actually wish that they would come out with a new dwarf kit with. Right now, I'm not a big fan of the way that the dwarves look, um, just because the helmets don't make sense and they're flat and whatever. But I, I wish that they came up with a new dwarf kit and keep the same helmet, keep the same head, but big round shields that lock together so it made a shield wall. Oh, that'd be cool. Because that would be cool. And it's also in my book. So, nice. right? Well, you would think they would be supporting their authors. Listen, with- dude, at one, I'm not an author yet. It hasn't even gotten through editing. That's right? true. They might be like, no. Not Na- this. Nature's so, Night 2. Not this. Who's editing? Uh, Brandon. Respond. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, if it was the Mantic editors, you don't have to worry. I'm pretty sure it's going to get through. <laughs> so true. Typos. Sadly, yeah. so true. Yeah. Right? It's funny because, you know, you think about it. We spent an hour or so, some complaining, right? But at the end of the day, like... It's mostly positive. Yeah, right. I love like, this gamer, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, even, we're all, even we're, we're all the, here for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah. right? The, the game's the best game. It even is. the mocking, like the editing, is something that it's just—it's it, something that we all throw out now, right? right. Exactly. Like, it happens. They're gonna time. miss miss a few typos. Yeah, yeah. It's but interesting. There, there's no other game that you could play three or four times in a day and then go home and you're like on your phone thinking about oh, what am I gonna do? You know, it's just like a a, a fountain of youth. Excitement yeah. sort of game. No, three games of Warhammer would kill me. Yeah. Right? Oh, three games of Kings Forget of it. Three, they, yeah. three, yeah. three games of Warhammer did kill me. Totally. At many of events. I'm like, that third game, I was like, oh my God. Just shoot me in the head now. Yeah. Yeah, three games of Kings of War doesn't seem bad. The fourth game tomorrow will be kind of rough, It'll especially on like four or five hours of sleep tonight. But yeah, it's going to be trouble, dude. Trouble. <laughs> Man, it gets it gets more uh, quirky uh, the later it goes, huh? Still early for Jeremy, right? That's true. He is a he is nocturnal. Rob, do you and have anything? Got else? Two hours on. Do us. I have anything else? I don't really think so. I mean, I think you know we think we covered a lot of like pumping us for more topics here. Oh yeah, I was yeah. hoping like you would have the topic list. Well, we have a lot of topics, right? Legions of what? Legions of un- un- the, the, the unit type. Uh, what do you guys think about them? They're big. I'm a, I'm a person that thinks they're too big and they're hard to maneuver and stuff like that. But I'm building my my goblin list when I play goblins. To usually has two legions of, of rabble. Right. I like them. Yeah, I don't think because you're extending them in the y dimension instead of the x dimension, they don't become any more unwieldy really to deal with than a horde. Right. Well, let's do this. What what armies have legions? So we started with goblins. They have uh, infantry legion, chariot legion, and they have a chariot legion. Although that's the old horde size, right? Right. And then ogres have an ogre legion, which is unbearable. I mean, it's and, uh, it's really 100 whatever that is. It's gigantic. 240 by 80. Is that right? Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's it's. <laughs> and then there's lots of places where you can't get it. Orcs have the cavalry horde size legion of. Uh, 240. Of yeah, 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 yeah. And hordes of knights. And hordes of knights. 250, right? Have, uh, for them, 250 by 150? Is it 
Six deep? I think it's six. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Bloodworm Legion. What would you guys think about in, in, in talking about like unit size? Some of the units that don't have like a horde option. We've talked about it before about mummies, right? Mm-hmm. Of armies having like a one one off upgrade, like a living legend horde unit. Mike doesn't like it. I'm a hundred percent on the mummy legion train. I, I think that's such a good idea. I'm, th- I'm thinking it through. I think that I okay. So, man, you better be judicious with what you use that on, because right now uh, um, a regiment of soul reavers. Soul reavers. Right? No one needs to see a horde of soul reavers. No. You know right. what would kill a horde of uh, a horde of mummies? What? A horde of soul reavers. A legion of a le- ogres. A legion of ogres. <laughs> uh, right? If they got the charge, right? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I think that that I think that that is put in there for balance. But once yeah. again, it goes back to the idea before. Hordes are odd because they are less maneuverable. That actually makes sense. That hordes are less maneuverable than a regiment. Right, regiments are squarish, and you can kind of turn them and move yeah. them around. So you are giving up some of that maneuverability to get a thousand attacks. Mm-hmm. You know, more survivability. More survivability because the right, but you're giving up the maneuverability and the and the trickiness of once the grind begins, being able to turn and do stuff. And the interesting thing too on survivability is it's more survivability against shooting, but against melee. Now, you have a big you get charged punish, twice, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the nerve punish. bump isn't enough to pay the extra points. Like yep. Often you're paying 70, 80 points for three, four points of right. effective nerve. Yeah, it's exactly. not. Yeah. So, yeah, legions. I don't know. There's a lot of like newer players that like, oh, I'm going to take these big giant legions of whatever. And then they I, look at the stat block, but they're not looking like they're looking at the line of numbers, but they're not actually putting them on the table and driving it around. Well, I think I think that, that tells you, ooh, right? Yeah, I mean, it's got the bump in the nerve, right? That's that's not a bad thing. Play goblins, and you won't find any units that unwieldy or unmaneuverable. I refuse. <laughs> years years and years of playing, you know, like six hordes on the table. Yeah, or Jesus, whatever. I don't know like, how you do that. My God, it'd be Keystone Cops if I tried to do that. Three chariot legions and a couple of rabble hordes was. Was getting a little tight fitting on, yeah, on the table. Times getting crowded. If they put if they put uh, blocking train in the deployment zone, then you're starting nah, to you're run in out trouble. of space and yeah. hurry. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think about that? Should they deploy terrain as a concession to they people de- taking big units like that? They should deploy terrain with units like cav hordes and ogre or sorry orc legions, ogre legions. They should deploy uh, impassable train at least should be deployed so that you with the fit. thought that. You're gonna have 12 inch wide, 10 inch wide, 12 inch wide, whatever units that. I agree with that. You, 10 inch wide. I guess yeah, you right. don't you don't want to have gaps. You don't want to have gaps that are so small that you can't get certain units through. Yeah. Right. Not that every not that you can put multiples, but just at least the very least one. Right. It should be right. a thought that you have when you're setting up the board. Exactly. Otherwise, one player is just gonna to get totally boned. If you want to encourage all diversity of builds, then you need to make sure that the table is playable for those. I mean, difficult train, whatever. Right? So maybe we just need to have player fine. place right, terrain, exactly. and it's not a problem. If you guys place the terrain, well, then no, no, <laughs> no. Right? But, no. I mean, you rise on a mic, right? You, you know what I think? King, King of Monsters, we did player place. Yeah, terrain. it was fine with a very simple rule that you terrain can't be more than can't be closer than six inches, and. I don't think there was a sing- single table that was messed wonky. up or yeah. weird or wonky. Like, like it you was a very simple deploy- reel. You just cool. have to deploy it with I, some restrictions. You know, I love the narrative look of different tables and different themes and everything, but I think when it comes to straight competitive, I think I dig, like, how they do it in the Northeast with the fact that, like, every round, 
everyone, oh, the same. Everyone's playing. Well, is that a Northeast thing or is that a Mike Atkins thing? Well, I mean, Mid Atlantic. Do you guys do that in the Northeast? Yeah, northeast? we're doing it in the Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just every every um, every table's the same, and it's different and based it on the scenario that you're playing. Right. Right. So they don't put impassable train in the middle of in the, the table when you're playing dominate. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I just kind of like that idea. It's no fuss, no muss. Yeah. You know. That's interesting. Player place terrain, I get it. It's another skill that you have to use, but I don't know. Well, I was talking like, to Jeff O'Neill about this, you know. It, right, it's player place terrain is another muscle you got that the new player has to, ner- to learn. And it's probably one that's a little bit, it's not an easy thing to learn, right? Because it really depends I don't on the army. Anyone play. likes to place terrain, though, right? No, right. Like, like, you know, even at the old game store, it used to be that you find the one guy who oh, was yeah, playing and be like, and like yeah. hey, build us a table because neither that's of us exactly want to do it. it. Yep, right? exactly. You know, you know things like Epic Dwarf are such a godsend because you're like, I'm just gonna hit a random number and like forget. Boom. About it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I think we're fading, dude. All right. Right. I mean, Garrett got Whataburger. Take us out. Thanks for having me on, Rob. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah. How about that? That's wonderful. Is that a Mike? thing? <laughs> That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys too for joining me in this magical time. Keep countercharging. Is that the thing I say? Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on. Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War Podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.